Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here it is. Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to Inside the Ropes, our Masters special the wake, in the wake of what has been a dramatic final day, a dramatic four days at Augusta National, which has seen Patrick Reed. Uh, an extraordinary champion in so many ways. Crowned the 2018 Masters champion, uh, Andy Ma here with Mark Hayes. We've been lucky enough as part of the 1116 SEN team, Hazy with John Sutherland and Tristan Fernando, to have been part of the uh, coverage. They were here all week. We flew in for the weekend. It's, it's a genuinely unusual and pretty extraordinary Masters that we've been fortunate enough to be here to see, I reckon. Yeah, and hopefully we'll dissect that in the next few minutes. But it, it's a little bit bizarre, actually, to be recording this. We're actually doing this from Augusta National. Mm. Um, so it's a, probably going to come out at a slightly different time to normal. And uh, and it'll sound a bit, have a different tone about it. But we wanted to capture the moment. It's, yeah. only, it's only been... Within f- five minutes ago, Patrick Reed was officially in front of the green jackets and the audience that have stayed, the patrons that have stayed behind has been, um, you know, given his green jacket. Now, now I'm going to tell you what we're seeing. He's, he's got the trophy that he keeps. He's walking around on his own. Uh, you know, a couple of green jackets uh, members are coming up and patting him on the back. Very few. But there is, he's literally on his own. This is five minutes, less than five minutes after the official presentation is concluded. And it is a very unusual thing yeah. to see. There's not a swelling crowd around him or wanting to get their, you know, their piece of flesh with him. It's an extraordinary scene. It is. Uh, I had the good fortune to see how that all unfolded with Adam Scott back in 2013, and it's a far cry from what we just saw there. It's hard to paint the picture because there's, there's a, we've all seen the photos of or the images of all the green jackets and all the hangers on here at Augusta National in the background of that presentation. They bug it off like it was someone had pulled a plug. Turned their back, soon as over got up out of their chairs, turned their backs and walked away. Yeah. Walked away from the champion. Unbelievable. And and we'll talk about why in a minute, but for Adam Scott, it was not driving rain, but it was, you know, mm. decent amount of rain coming at the time and everyone was out there slapping him on the back and getting their, you know, photo or doing whatever it is that they wanted to do with him and just welcoming to the fray. And that is probably the key point, Andy. That, is he going to be welcomed into the brethren that wear the green jackets. I, I wouldn't. I don't like using brethren as opposed to the masses, but it is a very much a boys' club here. Let's be honest. So, uh, it's an extraordinary thing. Or I think we're both still a bit sort of perplexed. Well, okay, here's where I sit on it. Right. I don't want to make. I don't want to. I don't want to make more out of this than than is actually the case. I want to be really mindful that, uh, in the wake of all of this, that Patrick Reed deserves uh, receives the credit he deserves for playing the sort of golf he's played for four days. I, I want. I want. Legitimate, legitimate major champion. Absolutely, and yeah. had to stave off genuine challenges today. 
he got lucky on a couple of occasions. We'll have a chat about that on the way through. But I do find it um, impossible to ignore the story that exists existed about Patrick Reed before we got here this week. And the atmosphere that has greeted him and surrounded his victory. I, I, I find it impossible to genuinely divorce the two. Yeah, and we don't even necessarily to, to back the truck over the no. intricacies of what got him in this position. Suffice to say, he had some uh, some golf issues as a young fella, some social issues as a young fella, and they've all brought him to a point here where he is not revered even within his own community. Now, we spoke about it at length during the radio commentary, uh, we won't necessarily go into it right now. I'm sure most people who are listening to this are aware of some of the accusations in his direction. But what we cannot avoid here, Andy, is we saw Jordan Spieth walk up the 18th. We saw Ricky Fowler walk up the 18th. We saw Rory McIlroy walk up the 18th to rousing receptions, to huge hair-raising on the back of the neck. Rapturous sort of applause. Unbelievable. Typical what you'd expect from a huge, knowledgeable golf crowd here yep. at Augusta National. We saw a guy who has spent a large portion of his adult life in this very community walk up the hill to the 18th green, the 72nd green, to win his first major championship, and it was muted. It was. It was. It was. It's hard to put the right word on it, but it was subdued. It was definitely reserved. And, and, and it's just, it's almost inconceivable to me, and I mentioned this in the radio commentary that we finished, his parents live in this town and weren't at the course. Just think about that for a minute as you're listening to this. I mean, it's it's mm. it's almost hard to conceive. Families have issues worldwide. This is a guy who's uh, making millions of dollars and has had a, you know, relatively good upbringing and all these sorts of things. And been lucky. On... he's been lucky, mate. He's oh, one of the lucky ones on so many levels. Yeah, he's been lucky. And his parents, the last time he had anything to do with them was that he kicked them out of the U.S. Open a couple of years ago when they were following him unknown in the crowd. He saw them and had them removed from the course. This is going to be an extraordinarily uh, unusual response to a Masters champion. They're normally revered in all forms of media. Mm. Uh, I, I can't think of one that wasn't, even to the players who we don't see as being legitimate yep. major champions in in a you know historic sense. Yep. I'm yep. not saying they didn't deserve it at the time, but you know what I mean. I they exactly. they were still revered in the next day's press and, and in media reports and by the stories that people took away from the course. This is different. So we know that Patrick Reed won the Masters by a shot from Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth and John Rahm. I, I agree with everything you've said, and it's, it'll be interesting to see what part of the postscript to the 2018 Masters it plays. But the playing of this round, even that was unusual. We came here today, by and large, most of us thinking that it was, can McElroy run him down? Yeah. Can McElroy rein him in? And... If Reed goes low, how low can McElroy go to beat him? That was that was the sense. And we sat down with John Hagen early in the coverage. We sat down with him on the Saturday as well. Uh, respected golf writer, good friend of everybody at Inside the Ropes. And Huggy was seeing something in Rory McElroy that fed him full of uh, belief that this on was Saturday. Gonna, oh, absolutely, yeah. that this is going to be McElroy's tournament. And even a couple of times early in the round, even though it was very up and down, both Reed and McElroy. Uh, he closed twice on Reed in the first five or six holes 
to the point that you thought, okay, the next hole that they play, McElroy's going to go past him, yep. and uh, he looked like he, he, even though he hit that horrible first drive, it just felt like he had his game more together and his nerves more together. He's won four times. He knows what it's like. Reed doesn't, hasn't until you know this weekend. But it never happened. It never happened for Rory. And then it felt like, oh, well, it's going to be pretty straightforward for um, for Reed after that. But it was anything but straightforward in the end. He required two huge strokes of luck on the back nine. <laughs> no, in fact, he, he needed three. Because not only did he need the ball hanging on 13 and the putt on 17, which you'll talk about, but he needed Jordan Spieth to miss a putt on 18 that Jordan Spieth makes falling out of bed. I mean, this was... And... and... We'll talk about all of those and the the shot that he played, the bump shot from the rough on the right on eleven that nearly caused uh, went catastrophically long under a tree. Oh God, yes. So that could have finished anywhere because that he had a eighty meter target and missed it and it ran into the rough. I mean, all he had to do was get it out onto the short stuff and couldn't manage it. To be fair and to his cre- eternal credit, mm. every time he made a blunder. He played the most exquisite golf after that in the next five minutes. He did. So, you know, full credit to him as a golfer. Let's not mix the two up here. Mm. Uh, all these other things are supplementary to his golf. Um, a, a fantastic champion as a golfer. 15 under the card. It's one of the lowest scores ever at Augusta National. Mm. Uh, he's done it against a leaderboard throughout the week that was world class. Mm. You, we often see two or three... Um, you know, pretenders to the crown here in the leaderboard. We didn't this weekend not this at all. Week, not this week. No. Um, it, it, it lived up to expectations without Tiger as the tournament. Uh, it was phenomenal. Um, and, and Patrick Reed, good on him. I, I, I just, just touching it, finishing off McElroy because he will leave here flatter than the proverbial Carter's hat. Mm. He had chances by my reckoning before I gave up on him, which was on the 12th, uh, which is when... Patrick Reed rolled in his big birdie putt, which was probably decisive in the final analysis. Well, any shot that he saved is obviously critical in in a one-shot victory. But in terms of Rory McIlroy, before the 12th hole, when when Reed snubbed out any chance that he did have, by my calculations in the preceding 11 holes, he had eight chances to stick his foot on the throat of Patrick Reed, turn the screws, do whatever cliche you want yeah. there. Didn't take any of them. No. And in, in in boxing parlance, he had him on the ropes so many times and just let him wriggle out. And mm. not only did he wriggle out, he landed a haymaker read as he, he came walked back away. With, came back with one, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's unbelievable. It is. Let's have a listen from Patrick Reed, the 2018 Masters champion. I don't even know where to start. I mean, first off, I have to thank my wife and my family for you know, all the support and just coming out and you know, no matter where we're playing or what we're doing, always being there for me and... Uh, you know, to be able to come out and play such an awesome place and have the staff here at Augusta National, all the members and everybody open open their arms and hands to us and allow us to come out to such an unbelievable place and play, it just, it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, to all these fans, it, it felt it felt like I was back at home, back in school. You know, just all the support we had walking down the fairways and, and to hear the roars echoing through the pines was, was unbelievable. And, you know, I just want to say thank you to all y'all and, you know, Hopefully we, there's a lot more to come. So, look, as he should be, satisfied with the win and a, a lot to look forward to. I think we all are of the view that irrespective of what you might think of him personally, whatever personal misgivings you might have about him, that there will be, I'm loath to say, more major success to come because they don't get given away. And no. as every year goes by, they, they seemingly become harder to win, such as the depth 
of men's golf. But then you look at his performance in major championships coming in, and he's still a relatively young man, but this mm. was his 17th start in a major championship. He'd had one top 10 finish in a major coming into this, and that was the tie two last year at the PGA. I think I'm right in saying that. He had four missed cuts out of the 16 prior to this. So he did, he's found it hard. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, oh, I got I those so. numbers right. So he's found it hard to get the best out of himself on the biggest stages, despite the proclamation, you know, back in 2013 or 14, whenever it was, once he'd won his third PGA champion, third PGA tournament at the age of 23, that he <laughs> saw himself as being a top, you know, top five player. And that's where he was heading. And good luck anybody who disagreed with him. And, um, you know, he knew how good he was. And, and he knew that he was better than um, he had more game than most of the blokes out here. I mean, that was a clarion call to every other professional golfer and golf writer around the world about Patrick Reed, who knows how good most of these blokes are. I mean, he'd already made up his mind that he'd gone past Sergio Garcia and mm. um, countless other players who have since that day um, put their foot on the Patrick Reed throat when it matters most and relegated him to also-ran status in major championships. But having seen him this week... And the game that he's got, I mean, we saw that that helicopter cut-off, sawn-off, you know, power fade thing that he was playing all week. I'm not quite sure. We all, we all struggle to put an A to it. Yeah. He has got a very big game. He's got a lot of shots. He's got great touch. He's got power when needed. There's no reason at all that Patrick Reed, as distasteful it might be to some, as it might be to some, there's no reason at all Patrick Reed won't go on and be a contender in major championship golf for the next decade. No, there's no reason at all, except that I think he might, as I think he's been prone to in the past, drink a little bit of his own bathwater. Mm. This, I don't know if you know this, Andy, but this is the first time he's fired around under 70 at the Masters. He's played the course a thousand times as a... As a um, you Whatever. Whatever. In, recorded in, in, major, in Masters. In Masters history. No, no, in, in Masters. He, yeah. has not, he has not broken 70 until this week. Yeah, I didn't know that. And he's come out and fired rounds of 69, 66, 67 mm. for the first three and then had the big, massive battle on a Sunday afternoon. But that's an extraordinary turn of events. Um, you know, they'd schwab him if he was a horse. Mm. Um, no, that is. It's a big jump from not being able to break 70 to shoot three substantially under 70 rounds in a major championship. So, look, who knows where Patrick Reed's going to end up? Um, what one thing we know for sure is for all the shroud of, you know, controversy around his past and the air of sort of mm-hmm. from the crowd here as he walked up 18th and even as they celebrated or didn't celebrate, as the case may be, his win, He's a rock star when it comes to playing for the United States. Captain America is what he's known as. Mm. Effect, you know, uh, when he, his performances in match play through his collegiate career are well documented. He won six out of six in the finals the two years he represented Augusta State to win the national championship mm. twice for a, what's regarded as a second-tier college. Yep, yep. Uh, he's then done nothing else but go on and obliterate Europeans in the Ryder Cup. Whether US won or not, he's been a rock star for the Ryder Cup team, and he did likewise in the Presidents Cup last time out too. Um, well, well, he, well, he he absolutely put Rory to the sword today. I mean, we, oh. he he would have come here today thinking that it was a a match play type situation, like so many of us did, and and. I'd love to know the psychology of how that all played out today because he put Rory away before the turn. Rory was gone by the time they turned. And Reed must have been thinking, well, that's it. 
I've got rid of him. I'll, 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 I'm just going to win them. And then, and then, you know, the run of Jordan Spieth, you know, was made. And uh, Ricky Fowler chipped away and put together, you know, a really good 67. It was a really good 67 from Fowler. So it didn't come easily in the end. I mean, he had to work. He really had to work hard for this, Reed, even though well, I think we're all of the view that, that put McElroy away, get the better of him, and it's yours, mate. Well, it didn't play, it didn't play out that way at all. And in the end, but for a couple of strokes of very, very good luck, most notably for me, 13 and 17, I don't think he wins the Masters. Well, he's only got one shot to play with here, so any, any further perils in which he finds himself are going to be critical, mm. literally critical to his chances here. Let's go back and focus on those for a minute, Andy. The 13th. We've, so much has been written about uh, Fred Couples in, when he won back in 92, I think it was. His mm. ball, when he hit his tee shot in the last round, over Race Creek marginally to the 12th, it never, ever, 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 ever never. stays on that hill. Never. And it did. It did. We had another one today. We did. That ball where it finished. So he's at the left side of the massive 13th green, uh, coming in after a prodigious drive. He's got no right for that ball whatsoever uh, to not be moist in the end of the at the end of its travels. <sighs> told you travels. about using that word. <laughs> <laughs> I told you about that. I knew I'd get it. Yeah. In. I told you I would. <laughs> anyway, look, that ball has no right to stay above no, water. It does not. It, it's wet 98 times out of 100 when it hits that hill like that, and it's. It, not only did it stay on the hill, it didn't even bury it. It allowed him to play a pretty oh. pretty straightforward chip, to be honest, <laughs> yep. uh, which he didn't make a good fist of as it was. But that ends a lot of things if that dribble, dribbles into the creek. Mentally, for him and for Spieth, for Fowler, all the chasing pack, uh, that was critical. And then on 17, when it was down to a, well, technically a three-horse race, because I think, Spieth, I think um, we hadn't seen Fowler's birdie putt at the time. No, we had not. It was almost effectively a two-horse race. Still three, technically, with Spieth. But he has hit a putt from 26 yards across a curling, maniacally fast green. Way too hard, by any judgment at all. It, mate. it took out the break. It was on line, credit and credit. Mm. But it hit the middle of the back of the cup, and it almost put a put the uh, the parachute out like a drag car. He wasn't thinking when he stood over the putt, I'm going to smash this at the pin and it's going to stop dead past mm. the hole. He wasn't thinking that. <laughs> that is not what he intended to do. <laughs> no, it's so, not. So he still, the pin was still in. The flag was still in. Yeah. So there was no... He was not thinking of making that putt. And, and you know, it rolls five feet past and he makes the comeback of a par. It ultimately wins him the Masters. If it doesn't hit the cup dead centre... Oh, mate... It's off the back or the side of the green no doubt. and down a quite a steep hill. Not as bad as the hill at the back of that 17th, but it's still a perilous hill on the right side as you're playing the hole. Down that side of the green is no snack to get up and down, and he would have been doing that for a bogey. Mm, that's right. Uh, and that so, would have been the killer blow. And look, rarely in any major sporting competition contest, whether it be team or individual, can you do you look at somebody and say, you didn't? the luck wasn't on your side today? Because generally... There's a bit of that that runs in sport, and it generally runs parallel and with the winner. But he needed two big strokes of luck today that I don't think were necessarily afforded to other players today. I can't remember that sort of stuff happening for Fowler or for Spieth or for Johnny Rahm or for anyone else who was in the mix today. I think it was all uh, the two big, big moments 
both belonged to Patrick Reed today. So good luck to him. Um, Rory chasing the career Grand Slam doesn't get it. And is it a step? If you could, if you could take two steps back from it, he has. I reckon he did today. Yeah. I reckon that was the, the the same old issues that have that have dogged him in recent times. Erratic with the driver, under the real cosh, mm. and just missing putts badly that he should have been at least hitting the hole with. Mm. I mean, missing putts badly. They have been the two. They've been the Achilles' heel for for McElroy, and. There appeared to be signs yesterday that that had perhaps left him alone. Well, not today. Not no, today. Not at all. And we all have in our mind the snap hook he hit in the Masters leading in 2011 mm. when it went sideways for him, literally, off the tee on 10 and, and was the forerunner to a 43, a 7 over par 43 on the back nine. And we all thought, how is that going to impact him? coming back here mm. to his credit he's come back not the next year and not even the next two years but the following four after that mm. he's had four top tens mm. here at Augusta National and you think oh, he's buried he's buried the demons well today just ex- excavated them if there's such well, a mate, word, well, what's too, the word I'm after yeah, no, uh, 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 yeah exhumed them exhumed them thank you, you. The, the demons are alive he'll come here next year unless something really dramatic but, but if all things are being equal between now and this time next year He'll turn up here on the Thursday, one of the players to beat. No question about it. He will, but by the exact same token, the media will write the story, whether he wants oh, it or absolutely. not, whether it's justified or not. He yep. could be 10 shots clear yep. after 54 holes here next year, and that story will get written, I guarantee you. Let's hear from Rory McElroy after a really, really disappointing conclusion of his campaign. Of course, it's frustrating, but um, you know, it's hard to take any positives from it right now, but... You know, I at least I put myself in a position. Um, you know, that's all I wanted to do. The last four years, I've had top tens, but it hasn't been. You know, I haven't been close enough to the lead today. I got myself there. You know, I didn't. I didn't quite do enough. Um, but you know, come back again next year and, and try. Okay, before we get to a break and talk about the Australians, what about the other two that <laughs> made this such an unforgettable day? Two of the really genuinely popular and yeah. genuinely loved American players. I can feel myself warm to it, this conversation, even as well, you travel. I mean, Patrick Reed pulls out of the Super Sixes from a domestic perspective. He's the draw card they built a tournament yeah. around him two years ago, and he pulls out because he's got a cold. Give me a spell. So Louis and stays he, and turns up and, and plays, he right? played the next week. Played the next week. And I, look, just before we leave that, I... The PGA of Australia deserves full credit for not lynching him publicly. Oh, they could have. Yeah, they absolutely could have. And, you know, again, full credit to that tournament for having the pulling power to be able to rectify the situation at the last minute. Yep, it, yep. It's a good, fantastic championship, and it deserves a lot better than what Patrick Reed gave So, it. So he pulls out because he... Look, he might have had a sniffle, but he just didn't want to travel. These two blokes... When they commit to something, they travel. And when they travel, they compete. They don't just turn up and cop the check and make the cut and just disappear You know, back to the airport as early as they can on Sunday afternoon. They both put in and compete wherever they go in the world, Fowler and Spieth. And um, I think that plays into the whole you know, love that the world of golf has for the pair of them. Absolutely. I Look, you expect biased, <laughs> unabashed, you know, Australian crap from me, listening to watching golf. I just love it. 
I have this not the same feeling, not to the same extent, nearly. But I love watching Jordan Speed yeah, charge. So, so it, do I. It, it's great. It, it, I don't have That's that great. to say about too many Americans, but I love watching him play golf. Mm. When he got a sniff of it today, it was unbelievable. It was great to watch. It really was, and I, I'm staggered. I'm staggered that he pulled two putts. One particularly on the 13th was a bad putt for Eagle. Made the birdie, but on the 18th hole, I mean, he had a terrible drive that cluttered into the trees on the left and left him unable to get to anywhere near the green in Cactus, two. Cactus, mate. But he played a fantastic third shot, gave himself a legitimate chance at a par that he makes 98 times out of 100. Didn't even hit the cup. Mm. Um, took the air out of the crowd for so many reasons, but uh, and that putt, had it, go, had it gone in, gives him a share of the Masters record for the lowest score ever at Augusta National. Um, that's how good it was. And it had two or three bewildering mistakes um, from a guy who doesn't tend to make too many. But let's just put an exclamation point here on what he's done, Jordan Spieth. Tied second here on debut. Won it in 15. Tied second after the just nightmare on the 12th in 2016. Tied 11th last year and third here this year outright. I mean, that is staggering. Uh, The other bloke. This This was a... I'm going to say it was a coming of age round yep. for Ricky Fowler. It felt like, and he's won big. He's won the you know players, and he's won he's won a lot of tournaments around the world. But this felt like, particularly the way he played 18, this felt like it had some real something really mature about the way Fowler got around this round. He made it happen. It wasn't just brilliant golf. He had to stay in contention. He had to make big par putts. He made a couple of clutch saves just to make sure he didn't get too far away and let the momentum um, sort of drain from his final round. And then the way he navigated his way spectacularly up 18. I'll remember the way he played 18 so for the he. rest of my life, I reckon. And, so will he. Yeah. And we'll talk about that with Cameron Smith, I'm sure, in a couple of minutes. Yep. But uh, the way he crushed his drive, had a calm, calculated conversation with his caddy, Pulled off both shots to perfection and then hit a putt that was pure. Absolutely pure. When he needed a birdie on the 72nd hole to give himself any hope of winning the green jacket, he delivered. As it turned out, it wasn't quite enough. Go another couple of holes, I reckon he probably gets the chocolates. But we wrote him off. I did, anyhow. When he was one over the card through seven holes of the final round. He signed for a 67 (laughs) under the fiercest pressure. In front of him with Spieth, behind him with Reed, he was good to good to go. Yeah, uh, that people in the United States rave about him winning the players. I couldn't care less about the players nah. unless an Australian wins. It's just another tournament yep, to I'm me. With you. But that's their fifth major, and they rave about it here. They love that he won it and won it with a leg in the air in the end a couple of years ago. This is next level from mm, that, of course. Um, and and the world knows it. And as we just said, he'll remember that. Let's have a listen to Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler post their 2018 Masters campaigns. First time I saw the leaderboard was after I tapped in on 18. Honest to God. Didn't look once today. That was my plan going in. I'm nine back. Go out and just have fun. Don't worry about the, the golf tournament itself. Worry about playing Augusta National. I heard roars. I knew somebody was playing well. Uh, with with not eight people ahead of me starting the day, to get that much help and shoot a fantastic round was nearly impossible, but I almost pulled off the impossible. I had no idea. I, I didn't know. When I finished and I looked at the board, I could have been in the lead by two and I could have been down four, uh, and, and it, neither one would have surprised me. 
you know, we tried to, you know, we, we gave it our all and, and, you know, I tried to do my very best of committing to every shot. And like I said, you're going to make bad swings. You're not going to make all perfect swings or else I would have won this thing by 10. That's not going to happen. Um, it was, it was a great week. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely pleased with the weekend that we were able to put together. And like I've been saying, it was, it was nice to, to beat out Jordan for that solo second and, Make Patrick earn it there at the last. Terrific performances by the pair. And then we'll get a break out of the way here on Inside the Ropes. And when we come back, we'll review what was a fantastic campaign. Four Australians teed it up. Four of them made the cut. Two of them absolutely lit it up on the back nine on Sunday. We'll have a chat about them on the other side of the break. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. Hi, this is Sherelle McMahon. Swing Fit is the fun, healthy, social way for women to get started in golf. You'll learn the basics of the golf swing and how to putt over a six-week program and get your whole body moving through yoga and Pilates-style exercises. You don't need any golf knowledge or equipment. Simply turn up in comfy clothing and get started. You'll be surrounded by like-minded people and receive constant support. So get outdoors, meet new friends and learn a sport that you can play for the rest of your life. To find a program near you, visit swingfit.com.au. G'day, I'm Cameron Smith. Not as home as often as I'd like, but I can keep up with all the Australian golf on Inside the Road. Welcome back to the show. Um, we came here with high hopes. You know, four Australians, four high-quality Australians uh, in the field, one former champion you know, in their, in their midst. In the end, with nine holes to go, Hazy, I think we were getting a bit flat about what was going to be the collective campaign. Well, what we saw on the back nine from Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman in particular was just energising. Oh, they, were, they weren't the story, but for us, they were a very significant story, I reckon. The way they, the way they bolted home, they, they, were, they were terrific. Australia's been strangely flat at the Masters since 2013. There's been Jason Day's made mm. a couple of runs and Adam Scott was thereabouts and, you know, at least did a couple of nice things and that's about it and it seemed to be petering out. Um, I was disappointed. It's still, I mean, 100% record to make the cut. Yep, good. phenomenal. Tick. Yep, yep, massive tick. Yep. Flat that Scotty didn't make any sort of inroads. Jason Day made a bit of a run but, you know, wasn't lighting it up like he could which left it in the hands of the two guys who, by rankings, uh, well, historical precedent, yep. aren't the ones we look to here. Of course, they're not there, absolutely. To their credit. And I don't know who you want to deal with first. No, go, go well, let's go in finishing order. Finishing order. Yep. Well, Cameron Smith, who we spoke to our uh, his coach last week on yeah. Inside the Ropes, and he gave us an insight into how he was feeling and how positive he was. And I think if anyone listens back to what Grant Field said about his chances, his charges, hopes this week, they've been fully franked. Go If you missed it, go and have a listen to yeah. that now. It'll shine a light on what we saw happen the last four days. And it'll also stamp in your mind the reason why Cam Smith's not going to be a flash in the pan at Augusta National. So he has gone out disappointingly. I mean, he opened with a brilliant birdie and... All this under the umbrella of playing alongside the world number one, mm, Dustin Johnson. Mm, mm. He's made a birdie on the first, and then he's just gone cold. He missed a heap of chances, and as he turns even par through nine holes, so he's out in 36, it's like, oh, well, it's been a good run, Cam. Well played. You know, you've stuck your nose up on a Sunday afternoon at Augusta National. Well played. But, you know, let's hope you can get in the top 12, maybe come back ne- yep. next year without the hassle. Yep. yep. Bugger me, Andy. <laughs> 
He birdied 10, he birdied 12, he birdied 13, he birdied 14, 15, 17. And Nearly gave, hold out of the pot on 16. Oh, and he gave him, and some of the approach shots he played at 17 and 18 oh, in particular. Shots of the tournament. Among the most pure you'll yep, see. Yep. And, and this is absolute elite world class. Yep. Oh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant to watch. He dug in, he... I love the fact that he did it against Dustin Johnson. Oh yeah. I mean that that is a significant footnote um, to be you know bearing in the back of your mind when you assess what Smith's been able to do in the last round. And Johnson um, got ahead of him comfortably early in the round. Yeah. Uh, he gave him a start and a beating. Yep. Sixty six, Cam Smith. I want to clap here now, like it's just a phenomenal <laughs> achievement. I. It's one thing to shoot 66 at Wontema or, or Royal Queensland where he's members, and they'll be chuffed, those those crew up north in Queensland, or the down south from where we are right now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, that that's just a great, gritty example of what he could become. So many times through the radio broadcast, we described him as the pro's pro. Mm. Pro's, pro's, pro's make money on Sunday. They don't drift and shoot 74 and fall back. They mm. shoot, even when the chips are down, they shoot a good back nine make themselves cash. That's what being a professional golfer is all about. Yep. Let's not sugarcoat this. He's made six birdies on the back nine and could have made another couple with any with any luck at all. Uh, he lipped out on the 18th, nearly holed out on 16 for his would have been spectacular one. Uh, and he had an eagle chance too that didn't go in. Yeah. Um, that burned the edge on 15. That is just one of the great closing back oh, nine. Huge credit to him. So, you know, that, that that's going to stand him in such good stead. That's only one outside the record low back nine at Augusta National. <laughs> I'm just so excited no, about No, we that. all are. And, and look, I know you guys at GA have been aware of him. He's, um, and Gulf Queensland. And, you know, you, people have been talking about Cameron Smith for a long time now. Um, but it's, and it's, what I love about what he's done, it feels really methodical. Mm. It just feels like he's going about it exactly the right way. You know, he's not, he's, he hasn't, he hasn't, he's not a, Supernova, who's burst onto the scene at 21 with a win before his time. It's mm. none of that. He's just building, building, building beautifully. And I feel like he's, he's one of those players that will get to a level, which is going to be extremely high. Like, he's going to be top 25-type level player sooner rather than later. And then, who knows? But he, And he's just going to hold that. He'll have peaks and troughs. Every player, every professional sportsman has, has a moments where their game's good moments when it's a struggle, but he's going to be around the mark as a professional player for a very long time, I reckon, this guy. Indeed, I agree wholeheartedly, and the foundations of his game are rock solid, and the short game, as I've mentioned before in other forums, Andy, Mm. we haven't sent a young, promising professional away from our shores with this short game. Perhaps we could say maybe Curtis Luck, maybe he's in the same bracket, but this guy plays the opposite way to a Jeff Ogilvie. It doesn't. You don't look at his swing and go, "Oh, that's awesome!" And it's very sound and, mm. and nice. And he hits at a decent distance. He's, he's as he muscles out a bit the next couple of years. Hopefully, it comes further again. But his work around the greens is American in its ruthless efficiency, and that's where Americans have killed us historically. Yeah, he's got that game. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm just so effusive about my praise of him. What this could become. Here's a little bit of what he had to say post round. I'd like to think either way, I'd be back here anyway. But um. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, a secure spot for next year is, is a big bonus. Um, obviously getting used to the course and um, just learning the little tricks and tales around here is um, is nice. Can't wait to get back. A little less stressed than the last couple of months getting to the Masters. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, 
there won't be any stress leading into next year, will there? But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it'll be nice to come back. Is that a pretty highlight camp? Like just given that two weeks ago you had some work to get into the field and now what, top ten easily to the Masters. Is that what like, pretty highlight for you almost? Um, I I think um, my win down in Australia was was probably just the, the most satisfying for me because I had the family and stuff there. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, top ten at the Masters is uh, major career yeah. highlight. <laughs> yeah, major. I mean, I've, I finished fourth at the US Open as well. Yeah, so um, yeah, I've had a couple of good finishes there. But I mean, US Masters is the big hype. So um, yeah, to finish up there was was awesome. Yeah, I felt as though um, I felt as though I started hitting it really good today. Like I said. Um, We'll definitely uh, get some confidence out of the way I hit driver today. Um, that was that was much better, giving myself a lot more opportunities out there. So, um, yeah, just really excited to get to next week as well. So that's Cam Smith for you. Uh, massive credit, huge tick. Uh, I think equally so to Mark Leishman, Hazy, for different reasons. He he must have, and here's what I when we were watching it, you know, play out on Sunday. Uh, even though he kind of drifted, you know, off the off Broadway because he he went, you know, sort of over the card early and he didn't put his nose in the frame. What became patently clear to me from afar was that, yes, Saturday had taken a toll on him. He he must have gone into Saturday afternoon with hopes so high. Uh, he's played against Patrick Reed, who he's played every bit the equal of on the Saturday. Shot 73, which you and I said after the round was the worst score he could possibly have had. That can be a glib throwaway line when you're assessing somebody's round. But it was the worst score he could have had. I mean, he hit six or seven high-quality parts that just did not drop. He only needs two or three of those or four to drop. Not all of them, but half of them to drop. He finishes with a 68, 69 alongside his name. Today, a different story. But I reckon he was flat going out there today. And when it didn't happen for him straight away... I reckon it took some time for him to pick himself up in the round, and that's what he did. Mm. I mean, he got toward, he got to the back nine, and he could he could have drifted off mm. and let the thing sl- slip away and finished, you know, two under and had, you know, seventy seven, seventy eight. Well, that was the last thing that Mark Leishman wanted to do, and um, I just I just love the way this bloke, you know, presents himself. Didn't make a birdie on Saturday. Bogey the first, bogey the fourth, made a lovely birdie to a tough pin on six. First birdie on the weekend from the you know position of power as he teed off in the third round, bogeyed the seventh. You just think, where's he going to get to here? Mm. This is this could flatten him a little bit because he was so gallant in sticking to his own game plan of not panicking if things turn tough on the th- on the third round. I thought he was admirable in that sense too. Yeah, because things you know weren't running his way, but he stuck at it. Here he's turned in uh, what's that thirty eight. And just like just like Smithy, he's come up. He, in fact, he bogeyed the tenth, so he was in grave so he's danger. He's looking at eighty. He's yeah. staring at seventy-eight, seventy-nine, eighty at this stage. Yeah, if he put, if yeah, he, if just, he, if he chucks in the towel. Yeah, yeah. birdie's eleven. Uh, sorry, birdie's. Well, I'm losing the plot here. And he birdie's. It's been a long couple of days. But come on, lift. He birdie's twelve. He birdie's fourteen. He birdie's fifteen. He birdie's sixteen, and he birdie's eighteen. Mm. I mean, that's no, it's unbelievable. You just have to stand up and applaud that golf. That's so he's closed with a seventy when he was staring down the barrel of an eighty. Again, he's made a huge check. He's qualified for the Masters next year already without any hassle. Not mm. that he would have had a problem anyhow with the rankings, but you know, he's building a resume here. If you do the hard yards. 
that's we we all accept that you do the hard yards before you get your moment in the sun. Mm. He's done them now, mm. and the way he closed there, I'm sure is going to give him confidence next year coming back as well. Can he win? Yeah, I, I actually think he can now. Mm. Uh, he ne- he'll never go in favourite. You know, there's too many rock stars who'll go in favourite, but he's building that resume here at Augusta National that well, says he's a contender. Well, I look forward to Alan Woodduck's story. I mean, Alan Chipnuck's story about <laughs> him, when and if that happens, Hazy. Uh, and that's another story for probably another day. Unless there's something you want to say about him. Alan Woodduck? No. no I, let's, no. Alan Shipnuck wrote a story a couple of years ago, or made a comment on a tweet, sorry, a couple of years ago. He's an American journalist, for some strange reason, widely respected, um, that it wasn't a good story that yeah, Mark Leishman well, yeah. won a major championship. It was the 2015 Open. Putting it, It's impossible to put aside um, you know, Australian bias here, but it nearly created a punch-on in the media centre at the <laughs> Open Championship at St Andrews. Uh, and he's been continuing on, just rabbiting on. Just chipping away. Yeah, yeah just, just yeah. stirring the pot. And I Look, I don't want to... This is not from Mark Leishman. He hasn't said this, so don't get me wrong. But I know from people close to his camp that it hasn't sat well with him. And he puts out a glib apology on Saturday and writes... It was, dis- writes, it was disingenuous. Writes a story that, um, you know, tried to apologise to Leishman and Australian golf fans and anyone else who was offended by it. And I, I just... Don't buy it. I don't buy it at no. all. And, and, you know, I hope that he looks at this and goes, oh, jeez, I've made a grave mistake here. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I hope it inspires Leish to actually shove it up him. Anything you want to say? I've got something I want to say about Adam Scott based on absolutely nothing. So I'll leave my stupidity to the end. Any comments you want to make about um, Day or Scott and their performance here this weekend? This um, week? Well, I'd... I hope that Scotty's time hasn't come before it's due. Uh, it's been a long time since he's lit it up here at Augusta National. He's too good a player and still strikes it well enough uh, to, to register a score that's potent, but he just doesn't now and hasn't for a couple of years. No, true. I'll leave the rest of Scott to you. D- Day needs to find... If, if he was a horse building up to the spring carnival, he needs to plot out a path that gets him here in peak form. You know... He just hasn't had that for the last couple of years. He loves the place. He plays well here. He's got a booming drive. He's got, the, with, with with the draw, which is so critical yep. for a right-hander, he's got great putting when he's on. Hasn't arrived at Augusta National for whatever reason. Most of them out of his hands, ready to rumble for the past three or four years. Um, as we've said with Scotty so many times, Andy, in different forums, the window of opportunity to win major championships is finite. Everyone's finding that. Tiger Woods might be finding that. Mm. Uh, we still think of him as young. Newsflash. Clock's ticking. Mm. I want to see him ready and raring to go. I love him. But he needs to be ready to rumble at the peak of his powers when he gets to a major championship. He had some interesting things to say about... Um, what it might look like going forward for Adam Scott. Um, and this is what Scotty had to say. You know, the putting is not quite there. That puts a bit of pressure on the irons. The irons are not quite there. That puts a bit of pressure on the putting. So, uh, you know, I need to sharpen up in both those areas to be really, like, contending at a major to feel comfortable in that position. But it's small, small amounts we're talking about. It's not a lot, but... You know, to, and finally I say that, and today I didn't drive at my best, and then you get no chance to really attack any of these fun pins where the ball rolls back down and can go in, and I, I wasn't going at those greens, so 
that was a bit disappointing because if you do drive it good on Sunday round here, it's a really fun round and you can do something potentially like Paul Casey was yeah. doing out there. But uh, I just didn't quite hit it that good off the tee today. I know you hear, um, you know, that he's working as hard now as he ever has. And there's been this suggestion that among some people, and I don't know how educated a view it is, but there's been some suggestion among some people that, you know, priorities in the Adam Scott life have changed and that maybe, you know, he's happy to keep playing golf when it kind of suits him, but uh, it's not what it has been to him all-consuming in the past. And he went through that, you know, that period three or four years ago with the three or four years leading in where he was as good a performer at major championship level as any, as consistent a performer at major championship level as anybody on the planet for about three or four years there. So that may, so maybe the whole thing just isn't as big a priority for him anymore. And that might, if you come off 10, 15, 20%, then oh, this game's going to go past you quickly and give you a wind burn on the way past. You clearly have heard that that's not the case mm. with Adam Scott, that yeah. he's still as driven as he's ever been. That's what I've okay. heard. And, and from in, from a close insider. This is based on nothing but my observation of Adam Scott, right? And we the focus on Adam Scott on his putting has been fair or unfair, the brightest light that we shine on Adam Scott. I don't know how long he's been doing the aim point thing for. Uh, it feels like a long time. I don't know. How he's, he's flirted with long putters. You can't do that. He's, you know, he's not going to be able to do that anymore. Um, he has the big multi-headed contraption things that look like, you know, the, the new age... Um, you know, multi- spaceship enterprise. Yeah, th- th- those ones, the counterbalance things with the. He's he's got all the latest. He tries all of that. I would love Adam Scott to just chuck it all out the window, go back to a putter that you used that you've got in your stash from 15 years ago, mm-hmm. a putter that you used to putt well with. I'd love him to just feel putt from now on. I'd love him to chuck all that aim point stuff out the window. Now, this is probably as idiotic a thing as has ever been said on Inside the Ropes because it is based on nothing but what, but, but my observation. That's, and a, I'm a, that's a big statement, Andy. And I'm a 13 handicapper who rarely plays to it, right? But I just think, I reckon he's, he just looks like he's racking himself with information, data processing, um, overloading the brain uh, in a part of the game that sure has technical requirements that you have to apply to it. But it is, it is the part of golf that requires more touch and natural feel and the, just that, all of those elements that I think Scotty seems to have processed out of his ability to part. It's just an observation, and I'm, I'm not expecting you to say oh. anything off the back of it, but I'd love to see him just go back to being a natural putter with an uncompli- uncomplicated putter. That's my favourite rant that you've ever delivered on Inside the Ropes, and I think it's spot on. I could not agree with you more. Because I, I... he's not winning doing this. No. And he's going backwards doing this. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, everyone just thinks of him as a problematic putter throughout his career. It's not true. It's not true. He used to be, a, a, not a jet, but he used to be very, very efficient. Hmm. Um, as as a young fella, as a junior and an, and an early pro, with a short putter, you know his stroke was hassle free mentally. Yep. Um, those days are long gone. I I watched him play the Australian Masters last time it was at Huntingdale. He had a three foot putt on the third green, 
um, a putt, and admittedly it's curling. It's right to left curler, even though it's short. It's, yep. on the, it's on the bank, halfway up the left side of the third green at Huntingdale, for those who know it. And he had a three-foot putt across the slope. This, at the time, I think he might have been the world's number one ranked player. He's standing there doing aim point for oh, 10 mate. seconds. And he's, is it a two-finger putt? Is it a three-finger putt? What am I doing? For God's sake, Adam, it's a three-foot putt on a green you've played a hundred times. Yep. Hit the putt. You know. Put the ball in the hole. You know what that putt's going to do. Yeah. It's a, it's two inches outside right. Drop it in. You and I saw... Well, I didn't even know you were right at the second on the Sunday here at Augusta. But we were both watching him on the second. He hits a beautiful drive down two. Sticks his second shot in the front pot. Plays a magnificent bunker shot to about four or five foot for three. And does the same thing. Now, admittedly, it's a tricky little speed putt that he's got. But it's not a massive break in that part. There's a little bit of left to right to it. But he did exactly the same thing. He looked at the, this five-foot putt. I'll give him five foot, right? It was probably four, probably less than five. He, he looked at it from four different positions with the aim point. Mm. Not, behind, not behind the line. Aim pointed it from four different spots. Mm. And I was thinking, I was sitting there watching, oh, he's going to miss, he'll miss his putt for sure. Like, there's no chance he's going to make this putt. He, he missed the putt. I didn't feel happy about that. I never do because I love Adam Scott. I love Adam Scott. Um, but I just, it just can, I walked away from, and that's, I saw you moments after. Um, I just walked away going, that's it. I, I've had enough of watching this. I've had enough of watching this great player torture himself with too much information, too much data, and forget about putting a good stroke on the thing. Just go and putt the thing. No, he's putting like me, and I'm an idiot. So how could you want to... How could you want to... Well, what I wouldn't have done is complicate matters. No. Step up and hit exactly. it. Exactly. And, and adding to all that stuff that you just so accurately described, he then went to his book oh. and took out the contour book for a little four-footer. And, and I know that Clates will be listening to this, and he'll be, like, smashing his hand on the desk, going, what the hell? This is a... This is a pin, further to all this, this is a pin that is every year in play at the Masters. 98 times out of 100, it's in the back right, or the you know the front yeah, right, front but right. it, yeah, it yeah, appears yeah. at the back. Every player who plays this course knows if they play four rounds at Augusta National, they're going to get to that pin. The pros go over there and putt to that till the cows come home on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and the week before, if you're lucky enough to come, as Adam does. They know exactly what the contours are down there. They know the breaks. They know where not to leave the ball. Hit the bloody thing in the hole. Mm. Just hit it in the hole. It's not that hard. If you're not putting well, well, you, so know, you have it. an off day. So be it. But don't don't rely on the sensitivities of your feet through through beautiful golf shoes with sprigs or spikes or whatever soft spikes they are to give you the the one degree of separation that's going to lift you into a green jacket. That's total nonsense. I'm sorry. Sorry, and all the coaches who advocate aim point no, no, will just yeah. ring us up and go, what are you talking about, oh, you idiots? You, you've got no game at all. That's exactly what they'll say. You're a bunch of hacks, and you don't understand what you're talking about. But that's modern sport. It's full of jargon. It's full of complication. It's full of system. It's full of everything. I mean, any game you want to look at, it's overcoached. Players are overcoached, and I just get a sense with, and I'm labouring the point now, and I'm about to stop, but I just feel like Adam Scott is overcoaching himself, and whoever's cracking the whip, I'd love to, before he hangs it up and drifts off with a magnificent career behind him, I'd love to see him go back and just let himself be the putter he was 15 years ago, with the same routine, the same old-fashioned putter, and just... 
Look, find the line, look at the line, don't look at anything else. Use it yourself, read it with your eyes, and hit it on the line you think you've got to hit it on. And, and away you go. And you know it'll translate to one or two putts with that feel, if he's on on his game, one or two putts with that feel early in a round will translate in confidence to the rest of his game. He's still swinging it well. He's still physically a beast. Magnificent. You and I, Adam Scott fans of the highest order, watching him play at Augusta National, it shouldn't get any better than that. And the reality of this situation is, oh, my God, what is he doing? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. through gritted teeth we talk about this because we love him. Mm. So, Adam, we're not having personal pot shot at you, but you know, we need to make a point about what we see as fans. That's what we do. We'll get a break out of the way here on Inside the Rights. Come back to wrap it up. There's other few little bits and pieces that you want to whip your way through. Hazy will do that on the other side of this Masters special edition of Inside the Ropes. G'day, I'm my golf ambassador Jason Day. I'm really excited to be an ambassador for my golf, Australian Golf's National Junior Program jointly run by Golf Australia and the PGA. My golf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about teaching children the basic skills of golf in a safe and healthy environment. And just as importantly, about the life skills that golf can teach you that distinguish our sport from the rest. Remember to visit mygolf.org.au for more information. G'day guys, it's Ryan Russell here, and I'm a long way from home, playing on the Latin America tour and living in the US, but I keep up with all my Australian golf while listening Inside the Ropes. Welcome back to the show, almost time to wrap it up here on Inside the Ropes, the Masters special, but um, Hazy, you need to draw our attention to a pretty significant amateur event that's coming up, because this has been, well, for boys and girls, the breeding ground of uh, future stars. Absolutely. Uh, a massive week for Australian golf, for the players this week specifically, but for the greater golf community in Australia in years to come and the Australian boys and girls junior championship. And then the following week, the boys and girls junior interstate series, all in Perth, the women's matches, uh, all at Royal Perth, both weeks. Yep. The men's matches are at uh, Gosnell's and also at Hartfield golf clubs, all in Perth. Uh, I encourage people to go out and watch. I know it's not a big ticket item. It should be. It really should it be. It should be given, given what's come through, what who's come through these ranks over the last 25 years spot on and in our master special you know i could just if we have a quick look at the honor roll and he won't bore everyone with the whole thing but uh-huh. twice the winner of this in 97 and 98 is adam scott in 2004 from memory was jason jason day was yep. a winner uh when it was played in canberra 2011 the winner at carnarvon in New South Wales was Cameron Smith. <laughs> okay, say no more. And that's all you need to know, yeah, really. Yep. Antonio Madaka, who's been here at Augusta, has won it twice. Ryan Ruffles has won it twice. We hope Ryan Ruffles will spend many years teeing it up here at Augusta. Yeah, and, and, and Antonio Madaka's got it back on the right track, heading back towards it. But this is what we're t- talking about. People who play well in this championship have got a, a, a track record of progressing to something far more substantial. Um also, I'm, I love talking about West Australian golf. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting them as favourites to win just about everything um, over there they in are, some capacity. They're going through uh, the golden years at the moment. They really are. They are having a hashtag golden year <laughs> they really over there are. in Western Australia. Yeah. The, the, the girls, the New South Wales girls in particular, will argue strongly and they'll put up a fierce show to defend their title. Yep. And that's fine. That might be a, a rip-roaring battle to have. I'd say the boys are going to start favourite uh, in, in, in both counts. I, I, I just think that the depth they're unearthing over there is just such a credit to everyone in Gulf Western Australia. Yep. 
and they've got players from from all over the the state. Or I shouldn't say that because there's not, you know there's obviously not there's courses. A it's vast amount of WA. There's not a lot of golf getting played. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a left-handed kid called Connor Fuchs, plays from the Goldfields Club in Kalgoorlie. And he did so well at the Australian Amateur Championship. And he's so shy. And he's a ripping young fella. Uh, he's my black horse Smoky. to watch here, yeah. mate. He's, he's, he's going to be fantastic. But he's got a whole host of young guys around him. Uh, Connor McKinney, who was so prominent and the, and the co-medalist in the Australian Amateur. Uh, he's, he's hot to trot as well. And, and I, there's a couple of other guys I should, I should be able to remember off the top of my head. Uh, Josh Greer is another one to look at. Um, and they've got two or three girls who could win the, the girls as well. Um, primarily Kirsten Rudgley, who's found some really good form this summer. Uh, I know that Grace Kim uh, is going to have a fair bit to say about that in defending her title. Um, but both weeks of this are going to be hotly contested. And we expect we don't ex- expect them to be at the Masters mm. or at the Women's British Open in the next three or four years. But we know that it's a really good stepping stone to get there ultimately. Well, given the history and what and the type of player that have, has emerged, if you're in the area and you love your golf, then uh, make a beeline for the courses that Hazy mentioned on the way through. You did mention a couple of players there who were just a little footnote that I wanted to put on the end of the show. We've been speaking a lot about Cameron Smith for obvious reasons and we enjoyed very much the breakthrough he had on the PGA Tour alongside Jonas Blix when he won the Zurich Classic. Well, I did notice there was a tweet put out. Um, when are we now? It's Sunday night that you and I are talking. So it must have been, It was earlier this week. Um, I think it was from Ryan Ruffles that he and Jason Day will be playing alongside one another in the Zurich Classic. So, look, I love the team nature of that event. It's a, it's a point of difference on the PGA Tour. Uh, given what Cameron Smith did last year. It shines a light on it from an Australian perspective anyway. But the fact that Jason Day and Ryan Ruffles are playing in that together, that's I'm super excited about what those, oh, yeah. what those two can produce when they get alongside one another. Imagine if just one of them clicked it into gear. The birdies would be just it off the charts. It would be fun to watch, wouldn't yeah, it? it? really would. It would be fun to watch. It wasn't our favourite tweet of the week just before we go. That belonged to Mark Leishman, <laughs> who on Saturday night, Augusta time, put out a tweet that, didn't ultimately come to pass, but it did make us laugh, and it took us inside the psyche of the big fella. Um, I know you've got a thanks to the team at the Richmond Footy Club. They've given a Richmond Footy jumper and a DVD of last year's premiership that hopefully we'll be able to get to leash at some stage. We love everything about the big fella, his laid-back nature, but he did put out a tweet going into the final round that... Oh, I think we all enjoyed, didn't we? Oh, absolutely. Is it Lloyd Christmas? Is that his name in the movie? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Lloyd Christmas, the character by Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> and it's one of the all-time most quoted lines, even if it's not a you know world-class so, yeah. movie. So, so you think I've got a chance. So, so, you yeah. tell him, so, you tell so him, you're saying I'm a chance. Yeah, you're saying I'm a chance. Well, that's the tweet with that meme. <laughs> was great. That Leash put out before he teed it up uh, here. On the, for the last round on Sunday at Augusta, and, and that all credit to him, it tells you exactly who he is. So it didn't come to pass, but there is they all live to fight another day, and hopefully the contingent will be plus one or two next year when we come back to do it all again. Hopefully we'll be here to do it again. It's been an absolute joy. We should thank everybody uh, here at Augusta National for making us feel unbelievably welcome. It was a, a late decision for us to get over here and put the broadcast together. Great work done by a couple of people behind the scenes, particularly... John Sutherland and Tristan Fernando to make it all happen. We couldn't have done it without the support of everyone here at Augusta National who uh, made it possible uh, at the last minute. Um, sort of and it's great. Not unlike golf, 
um, we see the golfers come out for a couple of hours a day, which is sort of what you and I have done, but the boys behind have churned out way more hours through Spot the week. On. So no, thank you. Well, they were lucky. I mean, we were forced to fly over late. They got here on Monday, so they've. I don't feel. I'm not feeling too. You know, like they've had to lift too heavy a load, let's be honest. Uh, thanks for tuning into the Masters special. Patrick Reed walks away uh, with a green jacket on his back. Uh, there's stories to be told. There'll be many, uh, many stories told about the victory and about the individual who has secured it. We'll be looking forward to reading all of those and talking about them with you further on Inside the Race. We'll see you next time.